Welcome to Oversharing with the Overbees. I'm Joe. And I'm Matt. And each week you can tune in to hear us respond to your voicemails, go in depth on our lives as content creators, and hopefully leave you feeling even better than we found you. With that being said, let's get to Oversharing. I'm on. Hello, hello. Matt has taken a liking to drinking out of my Stanley's. Uh, yeah. I'm, um, I'm kind of thinking of getting you one of the ones that, uh, like the newer version that the... It doesn't spill as easily. It don't spill. Yeah. Yeah. When I said I was going to get you a Stanley, people had really big opinions about it. Okay. What were their opinions? I feel like people hate Stanley because just of Stanley. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That didn't make hot. any sense. Yeah. Like people like it, so people want to not like it. That's fair. Yeah. There's and, always people that are like, no, everybody has one. I'm the pot calling the kettle black. It me. She is her. 100%. You did that for a minute. I avoided, but I didn't say anything negative about it. I just refused to buy one because I thought surely not. Um, but turns out that everybody's right. And I love mine. I take it everywhere with me. You know what I learned? What? I learned that I, I often forget that you're left-handed, but you have all your Stanley set up left-handed. <laughs> so it's an easy fix, but I forget. Just it never comes up well, except for random things like that. You know why it doesn't come up? Because you're ambidextrous. Because I'm ambidextrous. So anytime you have things right-handed, I just use things like that. Sure. I prefer my left hand. I'm ambidextrous left dominant. Is that a thing? Yeah, probably. Okay. I think so. That sounded good. If we hadn't questioned it, I think we could have rolled. (laughs) I feel like if you're ambidextrous, you still have a dominant hand typically, right? I think most people do. Okay. Like even people that, like in baseball, if you're a switch hitter, a lot of times they will bat like I. The, some of them will bat lefty, but can bat righty. Right. I think it's it's kind of like that. Well, I feel like that's how I am. I'm lefty, but I. Can, but the thing is, I swing a bat, I bowl, I throw a ball, all right-handed. Well, other than a bat, a lot of those are, you know, kind of set up for right-handed people. Yeah, I can do it left-handed. Yeah, but because as a kid, I learned. Because all of the well, I guess not throwing a ball. I can throw a ball pretty well with both hands. I won't lie. Yeah. Well, but again, a lot of people who are going to be teaching you are right-handed. So they're going to show that's you true. the mechanics right-handed. That's true. So I think that's where a lot of it starts. I actually really uh, thought that I was just left-handed for a long time. My parents always told me they thought I was ambidextrous growing mm-hmm. up, but I didn't really believe them because I picked my left hand for most things. Sure. And you know when I started believing that I was ambidextrous? When? Bowling in college. You didn't think it until college? Yeah. I didn't believe okay. I'd, been, I'd been told that by like my parents and my teachers, but I, it just <laughs> since I used my left hand for most things, sure. I was like, no, I'm just left handed and a little good with my right hand. <laughs> Does that make sense? Well, most people aren't a little good with their off hand. Well, They're like really terrible. But the way that my brain. Like if you watch me try to write my name with my left hand, <laughs> it would look, I mean, my handwriting's already not good. It would look really, really. Yeah, but I thought. Me and G know. are on the same drawing level left-handed. My idea of what <clears throat> ambidextrous was, just what I didn't understand, I don't think. Like, I thought it meant that you could do things perfectly with both hands at the same speed, like, <laughs> you know, which I probably could have if I... Like you're writing with both? Yes. That was my idea of it, 100%. Anyway, when we were bowling in college, so we used to go bowling with our friends all the time. Why did we do that? It was college. Um, <laughs> that's not an explanation that felt like a good enough explanation i felt like they had good deals and stuff it was or cheap something. yeah it was cheap it was cheap there was beer we had a good time uh but we went we went and bowled all the time 
uh, with our big group of friends. And there was one night that everybody was bowling really poorly. So everybody's like, all right, next round, you use your uh, non-dominant yeah. hand. And everybody was like, okay. And I <laughs> swept house like i kicked absolute behind yeah most people were just trying not to throw it into the adjacent lane <laughs> yeah They're like if i can keep it between these two lines that's good and i bowled just as well as i did with my which is yeah. okay like i'm an okay bowler i'm not great but anyway that's when i yeah I, this is way longer of a story than you needed uh we have all kinds of new listeners here yeah I, yeah last week was our most downloaded episode in a week ever i think in first seven days. I think so. I think like, it's up there. You guys cared more about that than you did about the birth of our child. Valid. I think that means we're doing our job right. <laughs> but that was our second most. Just more interesting. Yeah. 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 More applicable, I guess. Yeah. People are into sex. Yeah, Kids, they are. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Uh, yeah. So we have a bunch of new listeners here and we're really grateful you're here. We're excited that we're here. Thank you for everybody tuning in last week and all of the really positive feedback. Uh, also... We have an Instagram page. Oh, yeah. And I really want to hit a 1,000 followers. Okay. I I shared it on my story over the weekend, and I think we have like 800 followers on there. That's pretty good. My goal by the end of the year... Ooh, I'm scared to say this out loud. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I want to hit 10,000 followers by the end of the year. On the Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I think that's... Let's go. Or maybe last week's episode didn't uh, interest people that much. Maybe... They finally full committed to the send to 20 of their friends or they get bad luck. Oh, yeah. That could be it. Yeah. <laughs> we could just have what? Something else I learned. I'm all over the place. I also learned to review a podcast on Spotify. You have to have listened to two full episodes. What? Or like a certain amount of that's, two I mean, episodes. that's great. I, but I, you I had no idea. You to full episodes. That's probably dramatic. But you have to like I accidentally I wasn't trying to review There's a podcast. There's like a threshold of. I was going to follow a uh, person that I followed that I didn't realize had a podcast uh, and I wanted to listen. So I downloaded a couple of them and I was clicking, trying to view. Reviews. I didn't know Spotify didn't have written reviews. Uh, and so I was looking to see and I clicked on it and said, you can't review this. You have to, uh, you know, listen to a few episodes of content before we'll allow blah, blah. And I was like, good on them. That's smart. That's smart. I like that. Cause otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, so we have the new Instagram page now, so everybody should go follow it. I really want to have that be like the hub. That's where we'll start asking questions for you guys to give feedback. We'll be posting when new posts are up um, or new episodes are up. Uh, I don't know, all those things. We'll share favorite quotes, favorite clips, you know, all that good stuff. You guys have followed a podcast before. <laughs> yeah, and I know a lot of people have emailed. Uh, I'm sure you can also message there. And yeah. Joe will check that a lot more than she checks the email. So yeah, I check the email, but a higher so chance much. of us seeing a DM on oversharing than seeing a DM on yeah. my message. Email probably. still works if you don't do Instagram or whatever. All right. So this week we're continuing the conversation from last week, all about sex and intimacy. Uh, we got a lot of really positive feedback from you guys. I actually was absolutely shocked by the number of messages I received asking for us to do a part two, even a part three. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of continue the conversation. We both did some prep, but we didn't compare notes before we started. No. So it should still have the organic conversational feel of last episode, but hopefully with a little bit more of a structure, 
structure. We're hoping yeah. for less chaos, but still some spontaneity. Yeah, you know, that's what we are. That's, that's the goal. That's who we be. I wanted to start with talking about the TikTok clip that we put up. So mm-hmm. we finally uh, shortened some clips and uploaded them to the World Wide Web. And with that comes some feedback. <laughs> yeah? Yes, yeah. There was a lot of uh, thoughts. Now, again, you upload content that is engaging which means you cut it in a way that really grabs the attention. And so people had thoughts on, uh, again, not even the content of what you were saying. Some people just hear the first six words. words. Well, that happened. Actually, I was really surprised. So the first clip that I put up was Matt talking about, if you remember from the last episode, Matt spoke on the expectation of men in uh, sexually intimate relationships. And... (laughs) the comment back that absolutely sent me and I keep coming back to it in my mind is somebody said oh Mr. Joe and his villain era and I do not approve or like I thought Matt like (laughs) they were concerned that my it was cut in such a way that I presented the negative stereotype first and then was like this is not how it is yeah but people were concerned that's how Matt thought at the first half of the clip I sounded like I was really uh but people for the most part, listened to that the whole way through yeah. and weren't, you know, awful. Also, uh, as a man, I'm allowed to say pretty much anything on the internet. That's true. As long as it's not like overtly racist that, and people are just okay with it. That would be good. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't have overtly racist things to say, just to be clear. Yeah, I hope. I don't have any racist things to say. This is getting away from me very quickly. <laughs> All that to say, as a man, I'm allowed to say anything. And as a woman everyone doesn't like you saying things they don't even like you like even when you say bad things it's my fault yeah we've very much learned that through the podcast that's why you didn't put clips up for a while is because our our first clip that really took off yeah was uh, i mean not actually super controversial because we're not that controversial people but i was were mad at me for a clip where i spoke for 90 percent or not mad at you yeah for a clip where i spoke 90 percent of the clip yeah yeah I, I, for the most part, handle feedback fine. Like, it doesn't bother me a ton. Yeah. But I don't like it when people are fighting with each other in the... Co- like, I don't like to stir the pot. I, uh, that's tough, because I, I don't, I don't like to... You like to gently stir the pot? You like to just get well, a dialogue going, but not like a battle? I like to be maybe, like, somebody who is sparking new thoughts and conversation. I don't like to be somebody that is starting all-out war in a comment section. Does that? Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, so the clip that I want to talk about is I it, it is from the last week's podcast where I expressed that we will not be teaching our children uh, the concept of virginity as a virtue. Yeah. Uh, because it brought out a lot of thoughts, and I wanted to clarify. Uh, and I think that it's important that I clarify that, one, it does not mean that your first time cannot be important it does not mean that it's not a big deal it does not mean that it does not hold emotional value or that it will be something that impacts you long term I simply meant that your first time having sex has no additional value to you as a person as your hundredth time having sex and that we will not be teaching our children that it needs to be something that impacts their self-worth. Well, their value is not going to be, yeah, again, 
we don't want to teach I'm them avoiding that the value. word value because oh. that really not, no that's okay, like yeah. I think it's good what you said sure but the reason I'm tiptoeing is because I feel like I'm kind of avoiding the word value because that's what people got really caught up in uh there was a lot of feedback of people saying well if you teach your children not to value sex and I kept saying wait 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 I'm not telling my children not to value sex. I'm teaching my children not to value virginity. And those are not one in the same. No. Well, uh, here's the deal. I think value is a perfect word. But what we're teaching them not to value is the virginity purity aspect of it. Right. We are trying to teach them to value themselves. Right. It's more about valuing the person, not valuing the act over right. the person, which some people actually understood and just were not on board with yeah but it was it was wild the I responses were yeah I, it was really that. shocking uh and another thing that i wanted to note is i think that people having a lot of pressure on them to pick the right person uh is what leads to a lot of young women feeling like they need to stay in relationships feeling like they need to get married feeling like they need to stay in marriages mm-hmm. i just think that how much pressure gets put on who it is that you have your first time with um, is unnecessary. Yeah. I'm not saying that you can't wait till marriage and that can't be valuable to you. I'm not saying that sex doesn't have value. Uh, I'm hoping that our children value themselves so much that they are holding out to find a partner that they want to participate in that act with that they trust, that they feel respected by, that makes them feel loved and safe and cared for. Uh, and that they know will continue to respect them no matter how things continue in their lives. For sure. Yeah, it's it's really upsetting to see some of the people that really just have put way too much stock well, in that. There was one, <clears throat> one comment about uh, she thought that by teaching my children this, like my daughter this, that she, her response was, well, how do you expect my sons to respect your daughter when she doesn't even respect herself? And just on people, their own, yeah, just, and people, just through their own values that they've been taught well, in their life to people, value women. People got really going back and forth in the comment section because sure. they were like, well, so you're teaching them to only respect women that are virgins. And she's like, well, how are they like supposed to treat sex like it's important if women are just out there giving it out to whoever? And I was like, this what are your is kids the... doing like what <laughs> what are you teaching your kids again it doesn't sound like you're teaching them anything you're no. just like well men are wild animals and you just kind of let them do the man thing and then the women they have to fend off the men and we have to teach them all these things because <laughs> again wild animals for me it was a really good example though of somebody who genuinely like she sees it as teaching good values to her children do you know what i mean but the hilarious part is she's not teaching good values to her sons. No, she's like, not at all. well, you'll meet women that have good values, and you're just going to absorb it you that way. You only respect women who have the val. Like, yeah, it just yeah. anyway. I had a lot of choice thoughts, and I wanted to say, wow, what an experience. Uh, I think, and again, like a lot of our stuff, ninety nine point five percent positive and thoughtful. So we appreciate you guys. Well, and I wanted to kind of jump from there to a question that was directly asked in follow-up, which is geared a little more toward you, which is, were you all raised in purity culture? And if yes, how did you overcome that in marriage? Uh, Yes, asterisk. I, uh, it it wasn't a conversation in my household. So uh, pro, con, neither was discussed. Uh, It was implicitly understood just from the religious environment that I was in 
what was expected. Mm-hmm. But again, the expectations for men and the expectations for women are very different and much loaded very differently. I grew up in the Bible Belt, even though I didn't grow up in a purity culture within my own like mm-hmm. four walls of my home. I was definitely surrounded by it outside of the home. And this was another comment that we got that I thought was really good and I wanted to note today is somebody said they may not feel that pressure at home, but it's still important that you prepare them to experience that pressure from their peers, especially if you're living where the part of the country, you know, For sure. we live and in. And we do live in that area and that it's going to be normalized by other people. Yeah. But I, I really related to that comment cause I didn't grow up directly in purity culture, mm-hmm. but I still had a ton, like I still had a ton of guilt and a ton of pressure, re- just residual being around it. So I can't fathom being the child that, parent like my dad took me to a purity ceremony and like all this stuff when i was 13 and told me i was gonna burn in hell yeah that's yeah again it's so some of it is just socially ingrained at this point 100 percent. and i some of that is working the other way now but it's it's very much socially accepted and socially preferred for women to be pure right even if it's never taught yeah Okay, so then the other thing that I took note of last week is I think we talked about a lot of these things, but I didn't necessarily clarify them this way. So it's not just about sex, but also intimacy. And I feel like we get really wrapped up into the physical part of what intimacy is and not necessarily the other pieces of the puzzle. And I, sure. I think the other pieces of pu- the puzzle are what has allowed us to have a really healthy intimacy between us. Yeah. Uh, so I, I Googled it. I went to Google. I went types of intimacy and then Psych Central pulled up this article. Great. And it was helpful. And it, it uh, broke things down into four categories. Some things broke them down into five, but this is what I related to the most. Physical intimacy, which refers to body closeness involving hugging, hugging cuddling, kissing, holding hands, etc. cetera. Uh, and this also went on to note that intimacy is not exclusive for romantic relationships. So you have physical intimacy with your children through providing them comfort, holding their hand, rubbing their back, whatever it is. Those are all ways to create an intimate relationship with the people around you, Mm -hmm. which is crucial to people's mental health. Uh, And so talking specifically though about intimacy and how it impacts a sex life physical intimacies, I feel like the first thing we think of. Yeah. And I think the big thing is the reason so much of it was geared sexually is because that's what people don't talk about. Right. Absolutely. People are much more comfortable talking about emotional intimacy. Absolutely. I just, I like, so emotional intimacy with another person means being transparent with your deepest feelings, fears, thoughts, something that we're very much taught to do. For sure. Mental intimacy refers to sharing your ideas, opinions, and life perspectives. Uh, And it can also involve intellectually challenging each other and being open to learning or at least considering the other person's ideas. Okay. Yeah. And then the last one is spiritual intimacy, meaning feeling close, validated, and safe, sharing your innermost ideas and beliefs on life's purpose and your connection with divine energies. Uh, And I loved that last one because I do think that there is a, a really important part there of the reason you and I have had such a good relationship in my opinion is how close validated and safe I feel about 
sharing like my innermost thoughts and ideas and beliefs sure without yeah. judgment and i often feel like we're on the same page mm-hmm. most of the time i really can't think of very many times we haven't been yeah and hopefully we root. can have a discussion right. yeah again i think the goal in most relationships is to feel like the other person has the best interest of you and the relationship in you know at their heart at the at the center of their ideas and I, I want to kind of correct what I said earlier, where it said, where I said that we're taught that it's okay to discuss the other aspects of intimacy. Because I think for men, it's not. I think for I men, it, only sexual intimacy mm-hmm. and physical intimacy is promoted as masculine. And all the other forms of intimacy are like, well, you don't really need those. That's a woman's job. Yeah. <laughs> That's for the women to figure out. They have the values and the thoughts you're just an animal we make the money (laughs) you're just an f machine so like just figure it out and like they'll they'll give you the guidelines where you need to go isn't it interesting it doesn't really make sense no it doesn't make any sense at all when you start breaking it down or at least it doesn't to me uh okay somebody asked what kinds of birth control have we used do we use it now uh i've been on the in my lifetime i've been on the pill and I have had the bar in my arm. And then I guess we've used natural family planning as well, if you and consider that a birth control. Prophylactics at times, but. What? Like condoms. Oh. <laughs> wow. That was a. Say that again. Prophylactic? Okay. Word of the week. Yeah. Tell me what, you're what? saying that to me. Now I have to. I'm double checking that I'm using the right word. I'm like, I felt confident about it. I'm not questioning you a bit. I think that I just don't know. Well, it's intended to prevent disease, but prophylactic and sexual. Yeah, it's condoms and whatever. Can you spell it? Well, I just pulled it up. P-R-O-P-H-Y-L-A-C-T-I-C. Prophylactic. That looks like a dinosaur. Yeah. Prophylosaurus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember the last time I used a... I can't, Not in a long time. I can't pronounce that word. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's true too. Uh, <laughs> when I think of birth control, I think of things that are just forever altering the hormones of women. <laughs> yeah, no, it's your job. <laughs> uh, I had a good experience with the bar in my arm. I know other people have had nightmare experiences with it. What fucks with your hormones? So <laughs> They all do. I, but that's I, what I'm saying. I had so mine... some people have okay experiences and some people have not great experiences right i had mine for five years and i didn't have a period for five years and it was fantastic uh and then i went off of it when we were ready to start trying for g actually about eight months before we started trying for g and we did natural family planning for that eight months so yeah you know uh yeah we don't we don't use any birth control now natural family planning same thing like we track cycles and temperatures and things like that honestly something that i was really shocked by when i started to try to have kids is how hard it is to get pregnant (laughs) like i grew up just (laughs) yeah not like it is so much more complex than people have any idea Mm -hmm. it's crazy people get pregnant accidentally as often as they do there's a relatively narrow window where it is possible yeah it even possible blows my mind so, uh, yeah. But anyway. Uh, okay. I liked this question. Is it okay to just want normal sex? Like no craziness with toys, fantasies, etc. I hope so. Normal has quotes <laughs> around it. Uh, 
you know what's interesting about this to me is the people who are really into like toys and fantasies and role play and all these things they're like is it okay that i do that and then the people who aren't doing that are like is it okay that <laughs> like it doesn't matter what you're doing no people matter are insecure around sex people are insecure around sex because we're not talking about it so no matter what appeals to you there is somebody else who's not into that and that's not okay with them you know yeah the only person that needs to approve of your sex life is you and your partner so yeah that's totally okay. Yeah, it's not really a question for us. Yeah. It's a good question for your, whoever you're wanting to have normal sex with. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Do you have thoughts on that? No. I, I think you crushed it. Okay. <laughs> Again, what is normal? Again, your right. normal is, I don't want to say vanilla, but like no frills. Yeah. Just very unaided on whatever unaided i don't know what to, yeah i liked that no i liked that the morning. more words i kept thinking i was like i don't want to demean this that's very much yeah but your normal is not somebody else's normal yeah but it's okay yeah i don't know i i and i'm gonna come to back with. to that 100 percent, and it's about communicating with them i mean if you have a partner that's really into i don't know something all of the things you're all, not all the things you're not into like that's going to be a discussion you need to have mm -hmm. and that's going to be coming down to communication and finding compromise and you know kind of upholding boundaries from both of you yeah but that doesn't mean that one of you is wrong it just means that your interests in this topic don't align yeah. it happens all the time in other pieces in life you know this yeah. is no different it doesn't mean that one of you is wrong or weird yeah, upholding boundaries, respecting boundaries, also yeah. that. How do you balance your sex life with all of the other things happening around in your life? I don't know how much we actively balance because I, I think I'm trying to, to word this correctly, but I, I think the balancing comes when you feel like it's out of balance. And so we usually try to discuss if we're feeling out of balance is what I'd say. Am I, am I making sense? Uh, you're making complete sense. It's just a completely different experience than what I have. Okay, sure. Um, and it doesn't surprise me though. Okay. I feel like this is kind of abundant <laughs> in our lives as a whole as uh -huh. Matt kind of has this attitude of like, things are just, they just work out. <laughs> Whereas I'm over here like really, I really think about things um, and yeah. I'm very intentional and I put a lot of mental priority into uh maintaining things like this sure and then you have a tendency to be like yeah if you just have a good attitude it all yeah, all life, works out life just falls together <laughs> and i i don't think that you're being that no nonchalant no. per uh, se I, I the reason i express it that way is because i don't know that i have good insight outside of that is that i think and again Obviously, you have a very different experience if you're actively doing all these things. But so you're going to be the one to answer this question well. And I'm going to say, if something feels out of balance, uh, communicate that and then find where your new balance is or what, what needs to be done. I would say that the most important thing, uh, if you're trying to learn how to balance your sex life with everything else that's happening, is incorporating your sex life into your day-to-day -day actions. Uh, and I know that that... <laughs> You know, it goes back to those different points of intimacy. If you are prioritizing all of that and leaning in and having moments where you're seeking each other out throughout the day 
and there's a whole variety of ways you can do this, it it automatically puts you in a better position to feel balance within your sex life. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I uh, yeah, that totally makes sense. And I think it's important to say that if you're lacking the other forms of intimacy, the physical in- side of intimacy is not going to come naturally. And that's probably the part that needs to be negotiated is understanding like, hey, I don't feel any of the other forms of intimacy and physical intimacy is not my jam. So that's where I'm lacking. Where somebody may be like, physical intimacy is my jam. Emotional, all the other sides. eh. And you know, we have, we have kids that are great sleepers. Yeah. And so, you know, I've had a lot of people express to me like, how are you maintaining a sex life? While you have children, like it's been months, like we can't find the time. That's okay. You don't need to listen to this and think that I'm doing something that you're not. And that's why Uh, for us, we have kids that are great sleepers. They sleep in their rooms. They do their thing. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. we're not in situations where we're lacking a ton of one-on-one time with each other. Uh, Is there anything you do that's unconventional, but amazing? Unconventional. Uh... Somebody asked that. Just like in our lives? Our sex lives. In our sex lives. Unconventional but amazing. I don't think so. Are we doing something really unconventional? I was going to note that we prioritize building intimacy outside of our physical relationship daily. Sure. Yeah. And I I think that's something we do that other people aren't doing. I was going to use the example of like we shower together every single night. Sure. Um, And it's not a like sexual thing. Uh, yeah. but we talk about our days, our stressors, high moments, low moments. Um, we yell at each other. Sometimes we yeah. yell at each other. <laughs> sometimes we fight. <laughs> but like, again, we're there, After we're you... talking. Okay, pause. Rewind. <laughs> when have we ever yelled at each other in the shower? Maybe not yelled. We've definitely argued. <laughs> We've definitely Yeah, nobody's argued. screaming in the shower, I, was about I guess. To say, like, I can count on one hand. That'd be super weird to <laughs> scream in the shower. <laughs> Because well, there's nobody there, yeah. I'm also laughing at that because I can count on one hand the number of times that we've yelled at each other. Like, actually... Like, yeah, actually mean, yelled or felt like somebody I, yelled. Yeah, those are different <laughs> Matt, things. Matt has this big feeling you where... You have feelings I, that I yell, too. Yeah, no, I, I don't have a feeling that you yell. I have a feeling that I um get triggered. Yeah. And my, my response to that is, like... Stop yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's... I Even whenever you're right yes but i wanted to know and i think this is the same way for you why is that our only word for it yelling yeah because it's not yelling. because we're kids at heart is that it we're just we have little damaged children inside of us that grew up into adult bodies well because again my my dad never yelled at me either but i would get that feeling the same feeling of in my life when people have yelled at me it's the same inside feeling but i think also if if your parent was a quieter parent a stern voice was a yell that's like true elevating from very low but it's not. to like middle it has felt the same extreme impact yeah it feels extreme why do we call that yelling though because yelling is the word we have for someone like really yeah. outbursting and that feels like a big outburst when okay you're a kid and well, when you're an adult who's fight or Matt flight just seems in. like in the mood to just kind of like poke the bear today so oh, okay yeah uh yeah most nights we shower together and we yell at each other <laughs> <laughs> we scream it out in the shower every night <laughs> can you <laughs> 
it's the battle royale that we have at the end of the day. And that gets all of our feelings out and then we're okay for other forms of intimacy. Can you imagine? Is there anything that's unconventional but amazing? We, we it's not amazing, but it's unconventional. We, we scream at each other every night. Um, oh, I'm oh, about that. All right. What I was going to note is it's not very structured for us. Like no. I know that for some people they require a lot of structure. So they'll do, you know, whatever their 10 minutes together, they'll do their highs, their lows, whatever. We don't, we don't necessarily do anything with that much structure. We're just checking no. in. It's like, how are you feeling? Yeah. If there was anything big going on, like if I went to therapy that day, Matt will be like, well, how was, you know, therapy today? Or how did you feel about this work meeting that happened today? You seem like you're hyperventilating. Is everything okay? Oh. <laughs> no, I just not hyperventilating. What? If if someone seems anxious, I was joking. That I'm was a little extreme. So <laughs> I'm going very extreme. <laughs> We're punching this up for the podcast. I'm yeah. so confused. I'm like, there's this thing. It's no big deal. And that's like <laughs> It's life or death in there every night. <laughs> oh God. God. I'm so thrown. I'm, I'm just yeah. My podcasting is really doing something today. <laughs> I'm crying. Oh, my. <laughs> I hope it's funny to someone who's not us. I hope that this sounds uh, coherent. Yeah. That's oh, Becca's job. I'm not worried about it being coherent. I'm more worried about um, the same thing everybody said when that first podcast clip I shared went viral. <laughs> like this man's clearly in duress. He's, tra- he's trapped in a, an abusive relationship with a microphone and headphones and uh, a platform. Yeah. Yeah. I'm scared for you. No, Your I'm life good. sounds pretty bad if you're getting yelled at in the shower. Right? I didn't. I wasn't even saying that. I, you're yelling at me. Oh. But anyway. Okay. We talk in the shower. That's our unconventional <laughs> thing. It's cool. We do. But the thing that I think is unconventional is we're setting aside, aside time every single day. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people aren't good about prioritizing that. Uh, something that I really would like to start working in that we didn't have an opportunity before I was postpartum with Rory is I would like to be getting up in the morning and walking every morning together. Yeah. But I don't like hot temperatures, so it's taken it being fall again for that to be on my radar. Our kids also not been sleeping great lately, so no. uh, waking up early to go walk has been no. an obstacle. For sure. Okay, somebody asked this question, and I feel like it is my uh, job as a woman to read it and respond to it. Okay. How much attitude do you have when it's a night where you aren't in the mood, but you've got to do it? (laughs) All the attitude, because if I don't want to do it, I'm not flipping doing it. Yeah. You aren't, like, what does you've got to do it mean? Are you contractually obligated? What's happening? Yeah, absolutely not. Like... All the attitude. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. You yeah. You don't have to do anything with your body that you're not interested in. Period. Yeah. yeah. Like, and the only thing that I could think of in my head that was not pressure from a partner was if you're uh, trying to get pregnant and you're ovulating. Sure. Uh, in which case, I don't know why you have attitude. It still didn't go together for me. Yeah. Hopefully that is an understood, if not something you want to do an obligation that is mutually understood and respected. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, you can give all the attitude. Yeah. If you don't want to, don't do it. Yeah. Period. And I think in your attitude, you should be like, Hey, this is why I don't want to do it. You don't owe anybody anything. I don't care if it's your husband, wife, partner, whatever. You don't know. You don't owe anybody anything. 
Yeah. Period. Uh, porn and masturbation thoughts. Thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um. Probably fine in moderation and negotiate it with whoever you're with and what their feelings are on it. My uh, to me, it's just like uh, kinks and other things that people are into. Like, what does your partner feel about it? What does it make them feel? My red flag with porn comes down more to the ethical side of of the production of production of pornography than sure. it does with people participating in watching porn. Yeah, uh, is it filling something that? isn't being filled in the relationship then the relationship like investigate something there if it's something you're not comfortable with personally express that express why i also i is it moral or is it something you feel in a relationship insecurity way well and i think that porn can be really hurtful to relationships Sure. I, yeah. like, that's not something if we've had to navigate, though. Yeah. Again, we don't have experience in that arena. But if it's someone circumventing the uh, intimate relationship they have in their relationship, right? then it's a problem. I agree. Masturbation. Thoughts? Uh, people do it. It's like a thing that human beings as animals and like, I don't know, what... How far am I supposed to bury myself here? I I don't understand how it's burying yourself. I think that that's a healthy part of life. That's my thoughts. Human beings masturbate. Animals masturbate. Yeah. Um, And I don't think that it's something to be ashamed of or something to cause concern within your relationship. Porn's a lot more complicated to me than... Sure. Like, masturbation's much more black and white. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. for me personally again if masturbation is being used to circumvent the intimacy right. side of a it's, relationship then it's then it can be damaging yeah um if it's just a release that somebody has by themselves when whenever that strikes at not an issue how has our sex life changed as we've been together for longer oh it's changed uh, a lot of ways just back and forth like what seasons we're in. Um, like, I don't know that there's one change. There's been a lot of changes up and down. And um, again, the longer we've been together, the more we trust each other, just not on a sexual side of things, but in as, as people. But that's somewhere that, again, we talk about this a lot and we really assume trust because that's something that we value in a relationship. And I think it's something a lot of people should value in a relationship, but it's not something everybody has. And a lot of people have been burned and cannot uh, trust people implicitly. But for us, trust is something not taken for granted, but assumed. Uh, I think we both assume we can trust the other person unless it's proven otherwise. Um, Because to us, that's kind of a requirement, at least speaking for myself, but I think for you as well. I would agree. That trust, trust is the baseline. Like you trust the person you're with unless they prove otherwise. And again, there are times that people fuck up, but you trust that person. You trust that they have your best interest and their best interest and that they are in a productive, valued relationship with you. And if they're disproving that a lot, then you've got a problem with your relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I feel like our sex life has changed, but not. Sure. Like, I, I don't know that, you know, when I think of the question, has it changed the longer we've been together? I think 10 years ago, if you would have asked me that, my mind would have been like, you know, the quantity or the quality or the, you know. And I, mm-hmm. I think things have changed in that we continue to know one another better and we continue to, you know, I, dive deeper into like what it is that's right for both of us. But I, I don't know. The the emotional connection of it hasn't changed. And I think yeah. that's the part that I'm more geared to think about. Yeah. Again, has your understanding of people and relationships evolved since you were 17? Yeah. Yeah. It's right. definitely better. Right. It's improved dramatically. Um, are your hormones as like firing and active as you are at 17? No, maybe not. Yeah. Or maybe more like it, whatever, but it's, it's kind of all complicated. It's, it goes to all the sides of it. Yeah. Again, how do relationships we... better, but how do we navigate the difference in sex drive? Do you feel guilty when you feel like you aren't keeping up or do you feel guilty when you feel like you're the party pushing it? This, this is a question that we got a lot Yeah, and people really wanted to have further insight into how we navigate it. Okay. I mean, I think the answer to both sides is probably yes. Sometimes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think because the goal is that you're on the same page all the time and that it's, flowing effortlessly and that everything is just hunky dory well and i think that when like as we stated in the last episode like i have a tendency to have the higher sex drive at least in this season of our life yeah so i think the feeling is the same though regardless of which side of things you fall on like when you feel like you're not keeping up you feel guilty that you're not fulfilling you know, a want or a need of mine. And when I feel like I'm pushing it, I feel bad because I feel like I'm not fulfilling a want or a need of Matt's. Now, both those wants and needs are not the same, but no. you know, like, and it, do you know what I'm? Yeah. I think uh, to add to that, I think the base insecurity is like, what's wrong with me? Right. You go, Oh, what's wrong with me that I'm high? What's wrong with me that I'm low? Uh, is there a physical issue? Is there an emotional issue? Yeah, that's super normal to feel that way. And then I think the goal is to be able to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and that's typically, I feel like, where we go with things. Yeah. If yeah, that's a strength that we've we've worked into. Yeah. We weren't always there. No, no, no. Uh, but if somebody initiates and the other person rejects, it's not just roll over and go to bed or part ways or, you know. Go away. Yeah. It is, why do you feel like that? Not in an accusatory way, in a like, okay, can you talk me through like what you're feeling and how you're feeling in this moment as a way to bring us closer and bring more understanding. Yeah. I do think we've really, we've really worked on kind of unloading the situation because it is such a, a loaded situation for someone to put themselves out there and And so it's really easy to feel hurt if you've been rejected or turned down and so we've worked on at least some we're not perfect but saying hey this is where i'm at mentally this is what's on my mind well and at first when we first started having that conversation i feel like your response a lot was well i don't know i'm just not yeah like i i'm not there not in it yeah 
And that was really frustrating for me. Sure. And that's that frustrating response. Yeah. Like really, really frustrating. And because I'm like, well, I can't do anything <laughs> with that. You know? Like, it's oh, like, okay. It's just how it is. Cool. Well, I'll just I, guess. I often yeah. wonder if that's how people end up in relationships where people are constantly pursuing them and they're constantly like feeling like they're batting off attempts uh, at sexual intimacy sure do you know what i mean yeah because to me when the answer was well i don't know like it's like okay well i guess i'll just mass shoot till i get a yes yeah and and that isn't effective either no that can cause a lot of other issues some of which we got questions about yeah it definitely i think took you feeling safe and feeling like you can be vulnerable and talk to me about what you yeah. were thinking or feeling because sometimes just expressing that and talking through that can lead you to feeling okay yeah i physically. agree i agree uh okay what worked for us in maintaining intimacy long distance hmm. again our long distance is not like some people's long distance we could drive to each other we saw each other somewhat regularly so it's very different if you are halfway across the world and you're only going to see that person twice a year we prioritize talking on the phone really regularly. Yeah. Just keeping know. our relationship strong. Yeah. In the aspects that we could. I don't know that we did anything to really... I, we were long distance. We're in, so busy yeah. in our lives. Like when we got together, it made sense. And when we were apart, it was like, God damn, we're busy. Yeah. I don't think we were really that... I wasn't thinking about it that much. No. I think Probably that masturbated I, more. Yeah. I Like I didn't... Like, it just wasn't yeah. a priority of mine. Well, it's, un- again, it's some of it's just understanding what's available and what's not. And also the age that we were. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't think that when you're in your early 20s, for me personally, it, I, I didn't have to put as much thought into that connection. Yeah. Not that I, I don't, that's probably not coming out how I want it to. No, again, I, it it goes back to what are you lacking in your relationship? If you've got everything together, then having some gaps in the physical hopefully is not the end of the world. If the physical is all you have, then yeah, it's going to feel really difficult. Yeah, I agree. Okay, this is the last question that I wrote down. Uh, and then we'll hit, I think we have what, one or two voicemails and then we have emails. Sure. So... PDA and kids, do you think there's a correct level of intimacy for them to see in your day-to-day relationship? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, my brain is like, yeah, there, I mean, there's probably extreme, like way too much uh, that they could see, but uh, no, I'm really bad at PDA, really bad at expressing and showing physical emotion, but I try. I was about to say, I think you make a really... Like, I make a concerted effort, though. You do a great job. I try to be... I try to normalize it because it wasn't something that as uh, a younger kid I saw as much. And my parents are have much more PDA now. That was the weirdest. That, which so. blows my mind and <laughs> freaks me out as an adult. But I'm I'm trying not to do that. And I'm sure it was because the phase of their life, they had two kids and all the shit in the world going on in their own lives and who knows where they were at. That's That's not for me to assume, but... I didn't see it a lot, but I would like to normalize that it's okay. Yeah. So for me, I think that kids need to see physical intimacy from parents, whether that's 
holding hands. Like it depends on what is right for you also. But mm-hmm. I, uh, I think it's good for people to see parents who still love each other and are interested in each other all those years down the road. Yeah. Because I think that that's something I hear from a lot of kids that kids, people our age, peers. <laughs> Adults that were kids yeah. <laughs> and now have kid problems. When I talk to peers that I feel like have a really good head on their shoulders when it comes to these things and I'm asking, what were your parents like? So often the response is, oh, they were so in love. They couldn't keep their hands off each other. They were, you know, and so. Which is it, something they had to have seen for right. the most part. Yeah. You may hear some of it, but for the most part especially as a younger child, you're going to absorb a lot more through what you see. So like for me, that's prioritized through like still being able to dance with each other in the kitchen on Sunday mornings while we're making breakfast yeah. and, you know, like kissing each other goodbye and, hugs. you know, hugs Just all and, that. you know, regular physical connection to normalize that that's okay and it's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, Physical touch is something that is really powerful. Um, and it's not a strength of mine, but I, I work really hard on it. You do a really good job. It's making Are you me cry. okay? Yeah. No, I'm okay. Why is it okay, making but, you cry? Uh, just there, like a good hug from a friend or from a partner will, like means a lot. It means a lot. You're going to make me cry. I don't understand. No, it's just, uh, for me, it's something that's... Uh, do you feel like you didn't Very experience that growing up? <sighs> That's so hard to say. Because, again, you're relying on the the memory of a, a child. Um, but it is really important. And I, I want to make sure that I'm doing that for my kids. So, Oh, oh my God. God. So much. Damn. <laughs> well, damn it, why? No, I just, yeah. What are you thinking? Trying to keep it together. No, I just that. Um I work really hard because physical touch is not uh, something that comes naturally to me to hug our kids and hold their hands and like massage their necks, whatever, just like create a physical connection and make that normal. Wow. This is blowing my mind right now. I don't even know how to respond to yeah. it because you know what's interesting to me babe is I feel like you're good at that yeah it is well it's one of the things I work I work at like it's uh it's working I think about it I think about it a lot and it, it comes naturally more with kids it's harder for me in an intimate relationship like it's not a strength with you um but kids yeah they make you make you want to do a lot of things better oh okay should we move on to emails? <laughs> I don't I don't even know where Maybe. to take that. Maybe. That's, Body I, hairs, they're a best way. <laughs> well, I just kind of skipped over that. I didn't feel like it was the... Um, I need it. You need it? <laughs> okay. No, obviously not. What's okay with you? Give me the body hair. No. Um, I don't... Sasquatch only. I don't have a preference with... I don't care. Whatever's comfortable for the person. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that was such a sorry. The question is body hair. Is there a best way? (laughs) We got a little distracted there on our way to the question. Uh, I wasn't even going to ask this one. I was going to end it with. I was looking for a lifeline. (laughs) Yeah. Matt needs a lifeline. And 
I, this is something I stressed about so much when I was younger. Yeah. Cause people don't feel secure in their bodies and we don't like, talk about it and we don't normalize anything. Right. And you just get your ideas of sex from like magazines. And you don't see a dang hair in a magazine. No, no. Or later, I mean, now I'm sure you see all kinds of different things, but yeah, especially there was a what's in vogue. Yeah. Maybe literally vogue. Have you ever thought about a partner's hair? Thought about maybe. I don't know. Again, I've tried to approach a lot of that as what are you okay with? What's What works for you? Um, and tried to really mentally avoid like this is what you've seen and this is what's good and normal and positive i've never once thought about my pubic hair around you not in my life that's my goal (laughs) like yeah it doesn't even cross my My mind my goal is for you to do whatever you want with it Mm -hmm. i do uh i will work with that and if i have a problem i will try and communicate that (laughs) okay what 15 years in no no yeah no complaints yeah no, no problem communicating there have been different seasons not quite 14 years again whatever you're okay with at the time is great with me okay love that give me an email emails okay hey matt and joe i hope you all are well i've been so enjoying your podcast i found it very relatable and informative for my current stage of life and i appreciate how open you are both are in sharing your experiences it's a bit of a loaded question it may be more directed for matt But I think Joe's thoughts here would be interesting as well. Matt and I grew up religious, and if I'm remembering correctly, uh, both left the church in our teens, I I guess. Yeah. I feel like you were more in your 20s than... Yeah. You mentally checked out in your teens, but you didn't actually (laughs) physically remove yourself till your 20s. Yeah. And I just kind of ghosted. Yeah. Ghosted it was much more. Uh, I've had to do a lot of unpacking with this experience, and as I still have loved ones who are involved in church and keep in touch with many people that are also in church. Are, I'm, are you trying to change the words as you read? Am I paraphrasing? Because yeah. it's long? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Sorry, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. I No, I, I was just, my brain was like, this seems really odd. Okay. This, this seems very poorly written. Yeah. yeah. No, it's because I'm paraphrasing stuff. Okay. I'm curious about Matt's experience leaving the church and how Joe, as a partner, wrapped her mind around his religious upbringing. I feel like I'm still learning things about what everything really was and how blindly we were expected to accept the narratives and ideals we were taught. I do feel there were many positives I took away from growing up in church, but also many traumas that have completely shaped my ability to make decisions, trust, and develop a sense of confidence and self worth outside of religion. I no longer identify as religious, but feel it is important to educate others about how they can unpack this experience and move forward in exploring their lives outside of it. I've looked high and low for a podcast that discusses our particular sect, but have found almost nothing outside of online forums and whatnot. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give the basis, the reason Matt's paraphrasing this. I believe this email is from when someone that you personally know. Yeah. Uh, I know who it is. Yeah. We love you very much. Uh, and so I think that's kind of, so I, I feel like we should give some basis of like, Matt grew up in a very like niche. Yeah. Very fundamentalist religion uh, environment. Uh, and that's like, it's, it's not, and I think that's been kind of hard living in the area of the country that we live in because in the Bible belt where, well, it's not about the Bible belt. It's more so the people that we meet that are trying to unpack the way purity culture has impacted them are often, of 
a very different background than you. Very outspoken. Right. Yeah. And very broadcast-ish. Like, right. especially in the Bible Belt, is very, religion can be presentational. It can be very, where do you go to church? What that says about you? This is what I do. This is, and it's very much expressed. Well, and I, I, I want to give her my thoughts on all of it before I let you kind of unpack sure. how it's been for you. I didn't know. <laughs> so for the t- first two years that Matt and I dated, clearly, uh, religion- I was just busy. Well, and religion wasn't a thing that was really important to me or on a priority for me. And I was very, very, we were busy in that season of our lives. And Matt was busy every Sunday and every Wednesday. Uh, And I just didn't really think about it beyond that. I I figured on Sunday you were at church and Uh on... Sometimes more church than others. Yeah. I, You know, like I just, I don't know that I thought into it that much. Uh, And it was when we were in college... (laughs) Uh, that you kind of finally started unpacking being like, oh, by the way, all those days I've been busy. Yeah. Like I've been at, at meeting. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, we, we, I don't know, but it wasn't, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't have a, I wanted you to pursue whatever was right for you. Yeah. I've always felt that way. Cause that's how my parents taught me to be about belief systems and all of that is, if God was your hope, your salvation, your thing that you connected so deeply with that it made you feel right, then hell yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I'm all for it. Well, there's a lot of people like we really appreciate and respect that are still very religious and that's very important to them. And it brings them peace and it brings them uh, motivation and so community. It's important to us for them. And so we respect that. We go, that's great for them. It, not for us um specifically i i have a hard time speaking to based on our like specific sect and the way i grew up my parents were very hands-off and that and that was that was more intentional than i realized um maybe we need to do a whole episode on this but it was very much they wanted me to find my own way Um, that's not the case for everybody. And it's really not the case for women. Um, because nothing is fair for women in life at all, ever. So, uh, women (laughs) are expected to do everything right and correctly. And that's taught much more overtly to them than it is to men. Well, and I was also going to note, I don't think that you were aware how much your parents attempted to protect you from those pressures until the last year or two. Yeah. Nope. Like just in the last year or two, we've had some really open dialogues with Matt's parents that have been so beautiful to me of learning, you know, I think both your parents uh, grew up in pretty strict households in terms of how they wanted to be seen adhering to their religious beliefs. And while they are still part of the church and that's very important to them, it was important that they prioritize it being a safe environment for you first and foremost they prioritized again nobody in my my immediate family is especially emotionally gifted but uh, (laughs) they prioritized the relationship they had with us in the best way that they knew how yeah and i i think that's really cool and not everybody had that privilege yeah i i think unpacking is easier for you for that reason though yeah being a man i had a lot less packed versus the writer being a woman yeah 
again, I had a lot less packed and my yeah. parents intentionally did not pack me with too much, which I appreciate now, but didn't know. Hello, I'm Lily. I'm in Australia, which is great. Yay. We love that. We do. I'm not sure if I'll explain this properly, but my partner and I have been together five-ish years and his drive is significantly lower than mine. It's taken a lot of open conversations to learn that that's not because he doesn't love me slash desire me, etc. My struggle is that because there is a huge stigma around men, primarily being the ones who are the most keen, when I've spoken to friends about it, they immediately have been quick to blame his low needs on porn, which is completely not his problem. We are so open on that topic. So open on that topic. I do agree that porn can absolutely affect intimacy, however. Maybe this is more a statement than a question, but I think it's really good to normalize men have a lower drive than women is totally normal. I, you know what, that's, I've never really, I guess, spoken with other friends um, in the way that expressing that like your drive is mm-hmm. low or too low, primarily because I, I've always known that <laughs> I think that both of us are relatively high on like the scale. And so you know what I mean? Nobody's really off the charts low one way or the other. Yeah. But I like if I <laughs> I still remember to this day talking to my best friend and talking to her about this stuff and her being like, well, like how many times a week? And I told her and she's like, yeah, Joe, that's not a problem. <laughs> like, like, yeah. That's not a real problem. I was like, OK, got it. But I think this is really good to note just because I'm seeing that several other emails are very much in this vein. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that women have, I don't think it's that uncommon for women to be the higher sex drive in relationships. I really don't. I think that it is relatively normal. I think that it is so uh, stigmatized, though, that people feel uncomfortable. And also, I think that the dialogue around men being the ones who always want it and this and that is so damaging not only to men, but also women. Because anytime that you're not interested like it's a personal offense right yeah because men want it all the time like that's how everybody's convincing their husbands and stuff to do things for them like they're using sexual intimacy as a like bargaining chip yeah and you're not even interested like without (laughs) having you know any of i don't know like i'm it's for free and you're not (laughs) (laughs) it it costs nothing You know yeah, what I mean, though? For sure. Absolutely. And, and for men, it's emasculating. Absolutely. For men, it's like, oh, what's wrong with me? Why am I, like, this isn't how it should be. I understand that. You, it's been it's been very much normalized uh, the opposite way. Yeah. I also think there's major harm in that rhetoric, though, that I'm seeing. And, and the thing is, I get things on my For You page or my Reels sometimes where it's talking about women <laughs> utilizing um, sex within their marriages in order to, like, gain things from their yeah. spouse. And I Yeah, hate, withholding and with... Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. But I also understand that as a... It's probably effective. Well, it's not only effective as a woman, like in some relationships at the end of the day, like we're not presented with as much power culturally, like physically, everything. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to utilize what you can utilize. So I don't want to shame anybody for that. It's just, I don't like that. But maybe it's because it doesn't work for me. I don't know. Because it backfires. Yeah. She's like, well, it doesn't do shit in my house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, that was interesting. So I, we have a couple of voicemails as well. So I'm going to go ahead and get started on voicemail number one. 
Hi, Joe and Matt. I'm going to try to make this short. I know this week is the Intimacy Week episode, and this doesn't really have anything to do with sex, but it does have to do with, you know, being an intimate partner with somebody. Long story short, my partner has OCD, which manifests itself in some pretty extreme anxiety. Um, And lately, I've noticed that his anxiety is just getting triggered by things, and it's just resulting in, like, really extreme somatic symptoms and also just really taking a toll on his mental health and also mine supporting him through it so my question is has there ever been a time where you've been like concerned for each other or felt like there were tools you didn't have and how did you approach that conversation you know he is not in therapy neither of us are Um, I've been considering it for myself for a while. I have been in therapy in the past. Um, so has he, and we both have tools from those times, but we're just not necessarily in a place where I feel like I can be like, go to therapy, if that makes sense. And I, I want to approach it gently, but I, I want to take care of him and I want to, you know, kind of keep him from these compulsions spiraling out of control. So I just wondered if you guys had ever experienced anything like that um, and how you supported each other. Absolutely have experienced things yeah. like that. And I think in both directions, probably. I mean, we've both had high and low seasons in the last couple of years, even just um, it's gone back and forth uh, to relatively extreme levels. I think I wouldn't say relative. Yeah. I'd say it's been pretty extreme. Yeah. I, I've had a really, I, I think postpartum, not simply postpartum, but I think having kids, adding the in-law suite and having my parents with us, uh, part of the time and being really involved in our lives, moving pa- Matt's parents to live closer to us. Uh, I've become spread thin in a way that I had never been before. And I had always been somebody that was just very happy. Sure. Uh, it's never been a work for me, uh, to be happy. No, that's been default. Yeah, very much. And I, you know, it was hard for me to understand other people because of how default that's been most of my life. And I think everybody in your life has grown to take it for granted. I know I have very much so like, oh, well, this never used to bother you. And it turns out it did bother you, but you were just like, oh no, I'm good. And now you're like, I, I can't. I can't deal with it. Well, and I've, I've found that a lot. And so we, we've, it's been a tough couple of years, but Mm -hmm. for, for you as well, Matt, you know, ADHD is a very real thing in our household. And, uh, you know, ASD is a very real thing in our household and, uh, PDA. Oh yeah. Pathological demand avoidance. It's a very real thing in our household. And, at the root of it, I finally kind of just lost it. And I said, yeah, you got to go to therapy. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I didn't find a lot of gentle tactics that worked. Um, and I, I did end up setting up an appointment. You weren't against going. No, I just, uh, again, part of that demand avoidance and uh, fear of new things. I never took the initiative to set it up. So you set up couples that was really more of a guise for you'd found somebody that it had been highly guys, recommended to you. I was very upfront with you. you I were, said, you we're were going to everybody. go together, yeah. but I actually found this person as a reference to 
the things that you're experiencing and my yeah. hope is that you will want to see them by themselves. I, I think that's really important to say yeah. because I think putting it as like I tricked you into <laughs> is not, I don't recommend that. I'm you a hard know? person to trick. I don't know that that's true. Well, just cause I assume that you're trying to trick me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, yeah. But the thing is for me, I lie so little and trick so that's little true. that the handful of times I convinced Matt one time that I got a tattoo when I didn't. What other things have I done? It took like a yeah, year. Yeah, if you before. do something, yeah, if you do something really, yeah, lying is so out of pocket for you that yeah, I don't. It's not on my radar a lot. I mean, more the like <laughs> trying to pull one over. Oh yeah, yeah, no, not so much. But I just I had to defend my. No, absolutely. There you are a terrible times. liar, though. But you've you've won some minor things. I don't think I'm a terrible related. liar. I think I'm really good at honesty. I don't think they're the same You're thing. You're a great honesty person. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do. I think that everybody says I'm a bad liar, but I think I genuinely just don't lie that often. So you're out of practice. Okay. All right. Sure. Some of the lies you've told have been overly complicated, and that's when it's you been, get spotted. You are acting like Greg Johnson right now. Okay. You are 100% being you've like- You've learned. You've remember improved. Remember this behavior you did when you were 17? <sighs> okay. I'm applying that to 30-year-old you. <laughs> okay you got it my dad does that to me guys actually i bet all parents do that to their kids i bet that's not universal like i bet that's universal yeah they're like when you were 12 you did this right so and that's, that's who just... you are as an adult man right you're like not so much but that it, that has to be that hard happens to everybody yeah like that has to be so hard you've known somebody their whole life right and so you have well and you again were... they've been an adult let's say you're 20 they've been an adult for a handful of years but you've known that person for 20 You've right. known those person for 20 years well, and, and you know that personality. And you've been an adult the whole time? Yeah. So it processes as an adult for you the whole time. Especially if you're a hyper-rational person. Yeah. You're rationalizing like, oh, this is a rational person with rational thoughts. No, that's an eight-year-old. Like, <laughs> like okay. it doesn't it doesn't translate forever. Anyway, I uh, I think the best thing to do is to just be really upfront. Yeah. That like we've had a really hard couple of years in terms of mental health. Yeah, I I spiraled last night <laughs> because I uh, went to go read some reviews on my other podcast, and there were a couple people who had left really bad reviews and kind of pointed out the fact that I have not been who I used to be. Yeah, and not I don't even know that I took it in any kind of way that it was hateful. Um, it was very much just like they were like, we miss her being happy and like yeah. fun and uh, not overthinking the things she's saying. And it, it, it made me so sad yeah. because I miss that too. Um, Fair. And so I, th- I, I supporting people through stuff like that's hard. It's just hard. Yeah. All that to say, I think uh, one tool you could provide is possibly going together. Yeah. Which is what we did. Um and if it's somebody that's good, they can continue individually or you can go together and say, hey, this is what we're working on together. This is what I'm concerned about. Because sometimes just having a, a third party there to go, this is what Matt's thinking. This is what Joe's thinking. You guys, I also just think yeah. tools need to be sharpened constantly. Yeah. Like we've, there's so many times we haven't had the tools. We still don't have all the tools that we need for each other Yeah, all the time. Well, and I feel like sometimes our tools are just kind of rusty. Sometimes you forgot your tools. Like you used to have that tool and you're like, I don't have that tool today. I left that tool on the job. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't bring that tool home. Yeah. So, yeah. 
we've had those seasons. We're in those seasons. Uh, it's okay. It and it's not okay. And you need to be normalized. Yeah. Well, I think this episode's run pretty long. What a somber note to end on. Yeah. No. Yeah. So mental health guys, take care of it. Help each other. Do your best. Yeah. And it's okay <laughs> if you aren't crushing it right now. Um, also, I got a lot of emails very much in the same vein of like females with a higher drive uh, with some of them also non-neurotypical men that are lower. I wonder lower. how that is. Like, do you think that there is some kind of underlying... Uh... Like we just overthink things more? <laughs> well, I was thinking more along the lines of, I feel like with neurodivergence, there's a hyper-awareness of your body. I think there is an awareness of your body. I think it can be... Sometimes you're less comfortable with your body. Sometimes you're less comfortable. It, it's very much a sensory. Some people have right. very severe sensory issues. My issues typically aren't sensory. But yeah, you have a, a heightened sensory awareness. Uh, you have a heightened just a, awareness a lot of times of social dynamics. And so they've probably analyzed and overanalyzed what they see as typical, what's expressed as typical. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's all super complicated. So yeah, I think non-neurotypical men probably do have a higher instance of... I'd be interested to look up and see if there's any research on that. There probably is. There probably is. But all that to say, there were several emails on the same vein. Hopefully we communicated enough on that topic um, without reading all of them. Yeah. But But thank you guys for being so invested in this episode and talking with us and... We are so excited. There are so many new friends here and we hope we didn't lose your attention, but looking forward to the weeks to come. I don't know. I don't know what topic we're going to. I don't know if we'll do uh, again. We have a lot more uh, questions and input from people. I don't know if this is what we want to do this podcast on forever. I don't feel like I have a third episode because I feel like we've covered most of the things. Yeah. Try and communicate. So I think (laughs) probably what we'll do is we'll go back to normal programming. We'll have word of the week back. We'll have bad dad, mad mom, bad dad, mean mom. Uh, We'll have Greg's reads of the week back next week. Uh, And we will be happy to answer any questions you guys send via email or if you want to leave us a message, please, please, please. If you have an opportunity to go leave us a review uh, or to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you may listen. That would be fantastic. It hopefully helps us a good out one. so much. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully a good one because I maybe like, DM us if it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. If if no. it's if you feel like something's bad that needs to be expressed to anybody that would listen to this podcast, I yeah. don't think I think that that has its uses yeah um if you're gonna use it to provide hurtful criticism directly to me (laughs) that we have an instagram for that yeah (laughs) no valid i get it uh live and let live so leave us a review we love you guys and we'll talk soon yeah hopefully we've shown you that we'll answer a lot of questions on a lot of topics so the one question i keep avoiding we had somebody leave a voicemail and ask (laughs) i'm gonna go ahead and note this is people like i got lots of dms like but how many times a week and oh, I don't, like for us specifically. Yeah, I don't know why I'm avoiding that question so hard. I don't know that it's like a personal thing for me as much as it is. I just don't want anybody to measure anything up against anything. You don't anything. want to set a precedent. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't want people messaging me being like, well, that's not that much. I also don't want people messaging me saying, that's so much. I don't really want anybody's opinions. And by providing information like that, I feel like I set myself up for... Yeah, it's something that I think 
you're communi- like you're okay with communicating like individually. Right. If somebody is earnestly just like, hey, what is the situation? Yeah. But yeah, you don't want to set a, a baseline for people to measure against. Yeah. Is that weird? No, I think that's that's probably I thought about like, it a lot. really careful. I thought about it a lot. Because um, the thing is, when people have asked me in real life, don't think twice about responding. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's a boundary, I guess. Pretty often. Yeah, pretty often. <laughs> oh, right. I look forward to not talking to you guys about my sex life for a little oh, while. That's probably a, a pro. <laughs> we Hopefully love y'all. Our parents aren't listening. Oh, oh, I didn't bring that up. Oh, yeah. My parents and my grandparents listened to last week's Oh, episode. yeah, they did. My yeah, grandma sent did. me a bunch of feedback. Um, <laughs> and it was, pro, it was good. Pro feedback. No, it was, yeah. yeah, no, it was really good. It was really interesting. Um, it opened a really interesting dialogue with her about how just you know, dynamics have changed over the years and how she's proud of us for having the conversations we're having. I don't know. It was cool. That is cool. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, on that note. Some people's grandparents wouldn't be as cool. No. But you have cool grandparents. I so. do. On that note, we love you guys. All right. Bye.